When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, go ahead. Here we go. The time is finally here, everybody. It is time for the Packers 2023 season primer. We have myself and Tyler, as always, Bryant joining us, giving us his free time. Thank you, Bryant. Uh, We're going to talk bold predictions, record predictions, and we're going to talk some Packers versus Bears. So this is going to be a lot of fun. We got some good stuff. I know that we're going to be very bold. I know that Simon Says is going to be fun. That one's always fun. I'm very interested in the record predictions and the score predictions. I think those are probably my two. I think score predictions is my favorite one, to be honest with you, to see how close we can all get. Uh, we're all doing a little uh, side pot this year that maybe I'll give an update on at midseason. I'm thinking out loud. But, Brian, did you watch that game last night? What did you think, buddy? I did. I think the Detroit Lions got extremely lucky Uh you know, great, great for them. A win is a win, and if I was, if that was the Packers in that same situation, I'd be thrilled that we're one and zero. But uh, I think they might, they might be getting a false sense of, you know, confidence, superiority, or something like here. Because I mean, Tony dropped a wide open pass that puts one of the best kickers in the league in game winning position. Uh, not to mention all those other drops and stuff. So uh, I thought they're. We can't overlook the fact that. You know, I'm talking about Detroit because they're in the north, and that's who we compete with. They only put up 14 points on offense. They didn't look, you know, that that great on offense, to be honest. I don't know what their goal is with um, – sure, Montgomery had that touchdown and stuff, but Gibbs is clearly way more explosive than Montgomery. So I'm not sure why they're force-feeding Montgomery the ball. But, um, you know, great, great win on them. You know, we would all – if all of us won – if the Packers win on Sunday in the exact same fashion, we'd all be happy too. So – Good for them. I'm, you know, sucks for us a little bit because it's the North, but you know they got the win. They they executed better than Kansas City, even if it wasn't you know wasn't by much, but they got the win. So good for them. So one of the things that Jake and I say all the time is we don't ask how ask how many. So yeah, kind of kind of would boil down to for me. So for me, I wanted to say something, and I told you guys this morning that I wanted to say that this, there's a saying out there that says "act like you've been there before." And you can 100% tell that Lions fans have never been here before with expectations, getting big road wins. I mean, you're going to have to deal with some adversity, right? Whether it be losing big games or winning big games and people talking about what ifs. Like the what if factor in sports is the biggest conversation that always happens, right? What if this happened? What if this happened? What if Kelsey had played, right? And to me, this is – Go ahead. Sorry. Go Sorry. To me, Kelsey is the best non-quarterback in the league. I I honestly firmly believe that. Wide receiver, running back, 
Like offensively, he's the best non-quarterback in the league. Dude, he's always open. Arguably, yeah. he always catches the ball. He's, yeah, he always gets rack yards. He's a red zone monster. I mean, you you can make the argument that he's the best yeah. non-quarterback offense player. For right? sure at the tight end position, he's on parallel yeah. right now. Yeah. Him, yeah. him and him and McCaffrey, when when healthy Christian McCaffrey's up there, those are the two people that come to mind first for me. And I would I would like, put probably Justin Jefferson in that conversation. Yeah. Maybe Justin Jefferson. He's that's a very good answer. But there's an argument to be made for all three, correct? So for me, without Kelsey and obviously without Chris Jones, that's a huge loss. You know, Goff, he's been very good. I won't lie. He's been very good. Uh, that Detroit offensive line is no joke. That's why Montgomery going there is a great, great pick for them. That's why Gibbs getting him in open space because they have one of the best OCs in football, Detroit does. Let's be honest. Ben Johnson's a pretty damn good OC. Um, he's going to – if they have a good year, he will be a head coach next year. I can see that. Easily. And, you know, Goff, when pressured, still is one of the – Bottom three quarterbacks in the league, if you look at his numbers last year. So, without Chris Jones, without a guy like Travis Kelsey, who I don't care who Garner Johnson is, he's five foot nine. He's not guarding Travis Kelsey. Okay. Just is what it is. Plus, with the, the Andy Reid coaching that team, I mean, would have been a way different game. But, like you said, good job by them. They're not the same old Lions, that's for sure. And we, yeah, you know, the what if thing. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, like, the what if thing always comes up. To the point that Jake and I, when we're we're going to be at the Wisco Collect event at the end of October, on October 28th, we're doing a bonus oh, yeah. episode centered strictly around just what if questions. Yeah. So, I mean, it's always something that's going to be in the back of the mind, regardless of what happens in any sporting event. It'll be what if this happened. Yeah, I just but- I just put out a video today of William Contreras's third strike called on him on Wednesday's game for the Brewers. Yeah. If that call is changed. The Brewers have a pretty good chance to win that game, in my opinion. So, like, the, the yeah. what-if questions are always going to be there. And the best thing we can do is to just acknowledge the possibilities. Yeah, and Kadarius yeah. Tony was a, you know, a lion dressed in chief closing last night. Like, if it wasn't – literally, if he's not on the field, they probably win that game. It was – that was one of, like, probably one of the worst performances I've seen by a single, like, a wide receiver in a game. So, yeah, that's tough. Pick. Mm-hmm. So, today's show, we have Jake kind of – Tease it a little bit. Uh, we're going to start with bowl predictions. Then we're going to do our record predictions for the 2023 season as a whole. Then we're going to do our Bears-Packers preview, which is going to be us discussing the aspects of the game that we yep. are going to be watching all season. I have all of Simon's notes because he can't be with us tonight. He is doing uh, military moose riding in Alaska. So <laughs> he won't be here for a handful of shows, but his, uh, his voice will still be heard. Um, so I have all of Simon's notes. But for the aspects of the game this year, we each have four that we're going to watch individually. So there's going to be 16 different game aspects coming every week. And then all four of us collectively are going to watch Jordan Love's development. So with Packers, Bears, there not being any sample size because it's the first game of the season, we're going to be talking about what we're going to look for in this game. And that's going to be our preview. And then we got some matchups, some X factors, some keys and some score predictions. And then we do some, uh, we do Simon Says, as we call them. Simon gets his own segment uh, and gives us a thumbs up or thumbs down on some bold predictions for each game. So that's how we'll wrap up the show. But we're going to start with bold predictions. Just get it started off a little bit spicy. So does anybody want to volunteer to go first? I'll go first. (laughs) I wanted you first. I wanted you first. Do you want to do all three or just just the first one? Yeah, one at a time. One at a time. Yeah. Okay. So, and... I had to get a shot in at the Bears because we're playing them first. So this one's pretty bold. 
The best passing season in Chicago Bears history was by Eric Kramer, totaling 3,838 yards and 29 touchdowns. Jordan Love will match or surpass those numbers, making him a better quarterback than anyone in Bears history. <laughs> I like it. I'm going to go second because my second one or my first one involves Jordan Love as well. So I'm going to double down on my own stat projections on Jordan Love's rushing yards, and I'm going to say Jordan Love will have over 500 rushing yards. Whoa, that's a good one. I like it. I projected I like him for 450, so my bold is over 500. Oh, I dude, that was good. I'm just going to get my Jordan Love. I knew we were all going to have a do Jordan it. Love. We have to, right? Yeah. Science, so, science has one too. Uh, he, you have to. There's no way you can be a Packer fan without a Jordan <laughs> Love, right? So I went, Jay Love shocks the world and passes for 4,505 yards. That's 265 a game. With thirty plus touchdown passes, damn! Once again, that would that would meet my bold predictions. I love it. <laughs> I'm be better than any Bears quarterback ever. Simon's because Simon's first be bold prediction. <laughs> Simon's first bold prediction is Jordan Love leads the NFC North in total touchdowns. Ooh, I actually really like that one. I like that one. I like the total too because uh, that means mm-hmm. he's tying in the rushing That's a factor. Yep. Uh, I like it. All right, that was a good start. That was a good round. All right, Brian, give me your second one. All right, the second one. The most sacks by a Packers team in one year happened in 1952 with 55 total sacks. The Packers will pass that number this year, and Gary will beat the all-time season record of 19 and a half sacks. I like Man, that. Sacks. My next one's sacks too, buddy. All right, go ahead, Dick. Rip your second one. All right, mine involves the rookie sack record. So the rookie sack record for the Packers is actually held by Clay Matthews with 10. I have... LVN breaking that with 10 and a half. Not super crazy, Ooh. but if he gets 10 and a half as a backup rotational player, the defense is going crazy, yeah. bro. We didn't see him like like I said, I know a couple shows ago, our you know, our last show I said that I wasn't overwhelmed with what I see him, but hey, maybe with the more chances he's gonna really start to blossom. That'd be sick. Uh, that would go a long way towards helping uh, my my prediction come true as well. <laughs> All righty, so I'm gonna give Simon's second one because his also involves the defense. Mine doesn't. Uh, Simon's second one is the Packers defense finishes top five in points allowed. That'd be great. Uh, My second one, this is going to tie into my heart record prediction in a minute, but my second bold prediction is the Packers start eight and oh. Oh, (laughs) that's bold. That's bold. That's that's what we're here for. Wow. (laughs) It'll make sense when we get into the, the score or the, Sorry, the record predictions. It'll make sense a little more. Brian, okay, give Brian, give me your one. third one. All right, the last one's not as crazy, but it's still it'd still be a big step forward. So last year, the Packers finished 14th in the league, averaging 21.8 points per game. I think Jordan Love and Aaron Jones will lead the offense to a more prolific points per game than they did last year. I like that. That's really good, Brian. You you got good you got good bold predictions because you came with stats prepared attached to them. I like that. Look at you on your overachieving. I love it. We're all pretty close on these. So if you add Simon's last one and Bryant's last one together, it kind of get my my final bull prediction, which is the Packers defense finishes top five in total points per game, and the Packers offense finishes top fifteen in total points per game. The Packers win the NFC North by three games. Ooh, <laughs> damn! That one's there. Spicy. It is. There it is. So Simon's <laughs> last one, uh, kind of on the same wavelength as Bryant's, maybe not super bold, but his last one is that the Packers trade Yash Nyman. That's probably happening after I comments that I saw from. Yeah. My last one is pretty bold, but I'll say the week one injury report helps it a little bit. 
My last one is that Romeo Dobbs finishes third in receptions in the NFC North behind Justin Jefferson and Amon Ross St. Brown. I can see that. I can. That would make sense. That's because most of the targets to DJ Moore will be over his head. So. <laughs> or at his feet. One of the two. I was thinking it. I wasn't going to say it. I was thinking it, though. <laughs> DJ Moore will have 100 receptions with 55 yard errors. Yard, 55 yards through the air. <laughs> Josh said we drafted the wrong Brown. Yeah, but I mean, the Bears were super excited that they stole him from us. For yeah, they were. Because he beat Jair on one route. Yeah, and Justin Fields broke that play down. It's like, all right, break break the, the plays down there where you threw interceptions, dummy. All right, let's do some record predictions. So I'm going to give Simons first, and we can just hop him out. Um, Simon's record predictions, we're going to do, let's do the head first. So, Mm -hmm. um, this year we're doing for our record predictions, we're going to do a head and heart record prediction to match how we do our score predictions. Um, the head being the more analytical score or record prediction. I keep getting score and record messed up. The head being our more analytical prediction. And then our heart being more, the more optimistic, if everything goes right, perfect situation type predictions. So we're going to go score prediction fucking score record predictions from the head first simons is nine and eight mine Mm. is also nine and eight from the head brian what is your score prediction from the head man i feel like i'm gonna get ripped apart for this but i've kind of been saying all along that really what i'm looking to see this season is just that jordan can love can see it lead us kind of like we've seen from rogers the first one so my head prediction i did go seven and ten um I, i think we'll have a some you know learning curves and some bumps in the road especially with how young we are at what receivers so i put seven and ten yeah, that's totally fair jake what is your score prediction from the head my hand was shaking writing this because i didn't know what to put i was flip-flopping <laughs> between 10 and 7 and 9 and 8 and i was like dude i do not know and then i was me and tyler me and you have had a lot of discussions about you know the quarterbacks were playing i'm sorry mm-hmm. if i'm leaking some information but when i was looking at that and i'm thinking about this defense I'm thinking about this team being young. I'm thinking about them being hungry. And a lot of people doubt Matt LaFleur, who, by the way, can coach some goddamn football. We need to stop disrespecting that man. I went with 10 and 7. I have the Packers 10 right. and 7 from the head. I There's no way with this quarterback lineup, we faced like three good quarterbacks all year. Yeah, you're not wrong. The thing, so I'm going to give Simon's heart is, is 10 and 7 from the heart. Mm-hmm. So. Mine is 11 and six. Now from the heart, this is where my bold prediction of starting eight and O comes in. Jake, you, you mentioned the quarterbacks that we face. I also looked at home away. So looking mm-hmm. at home games, like I, I do think the Packers have an advantage at home. I don't think it's uh, bold to say that Lambeau field presents a home field advantage. Um, and then just looking at the opponents, but I will say with this 11 and six, my heart projection Starts with eight and oh, but in both my head and my heart projections, I have a five game losing streak from weeks 10 through 14. That's where the Packers play some really tough teams. They play at Pittsburgh, they play the Chargers, they play at Minnesota. Those are there's a bunch of tough games in that stretch. So, Mm -hmm. I and they play the Chiefs in that stretch. So, I do either way, I do see the Packers having a five game losing streak at some point in this season, and because I'm projecting that. Like, I'm not going to freak out when it happens. It doesn't have to be like, oh, my God, you know, Jordan Love's not the guy because we lost five straight games. 
We lost five straight games last year and we're one game away from the playoffs. So it's not anything that, you know, I don't think is going to be concerning just because it's, it's a really tough stretch of games. So Bryant, what is your score record prediction from the heart? My record prediction from the heart is 10 and seven. I also, I also, I also went with 11 and six. I just, I gave them one more win than, than my head. And when I fought with my head and then I went to my heart, I was like, I went with 10. So that's, that's the, the baseline, right? I couldn't give them any more than 11. Yeah, it would take some some favorable play. Um, and maybe, you know, maybe by week nine, this isn't so bold to say. Or, you know, that the Packers will be better or even worse than we're projecting them now. So, right. So looking at Simon's projections for the division, Simon has the Lions winning the division at 11 and 6. Mm-hmm. The Packers second at 9 and 8. The Vikings third at seven and eleven, which is interesting. I think he means seven and ten. Yeah, (laughs) seven and ten. And then he has the Bears at six and eleven. I myself have pretty similar record predictions for the NFC North. I have the Lions at eleven and six as well. The Vikings at ten and seven. The Packers at nine and eight, and the Bears at six and eleven. Brian, what are you looking for for the NFC North? I think. The Lions and Vikings will both finish 11 and 6, okay. right in that area. I think the Packers will finish. I'll go in the middle between my head and my heart. So I'll go 8 and 9, and I'll put the Bears at 7 and 10. Hmm. Maybe kind of a tight packed division this year. I really think that's within the realm of possibility that all the teams finish within four games of each other. Okay. Josh said, let's get Operation Save Tay started. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with it. So I just went with my heart when I did this. Um, So I have the Packers at 11 and six, like I said, and then I have the lions at 10 and seven. I think that I honestly think that roster is too talented outside of Jared Goff to not win 10 games. That roster is really good. He's serviceable. So he's all right. He's behind that offensive line a lot. And that's why I'm kind of excited for us not to jump too far ahead, but with, when you have a top five, top 10, top five offensive line, it really helps the quarterback. So yeah, he's he's definitely getting hidden behind that line. Like you put you put Jared Goff there. behind the the Bears offensive line. And he's Jared Goff again from when he's getting pressured. Yeah. So. He's Carson Wentz last year. Yeah, yeah he's horrible. Um, he's completely mid. So I have the Lions. Uh, they're gonna be a wild card team at ten and seven. And then I have the Vikings just missing the playoffs at nine and eight. So the top three all within two games of each other right there. And then I have the Bears at 5-12, and 12, and they're going to realize that Justin Fields, even though you've got him a number one wide receiver, is just not a quarterback. So that's a perfect way to transition into our preview because I am rooting for Justin Fields to be just good enough for the Bears <laughs> to make a long-term commitment. Give, give him a Joe Burrow contract, huh? <laughs> Dude, give him give him five years, 250, for him to rush for 1,000 yards every year, but also – throw for only 2,500 yards and have 20 <laughs> touchdowns and 12 interceptions every year. If you would have said rush and pass for a thousand yards, I would have lost it right there, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Bryant, I still remember like a month and a half ago when you brought up the fact that Trevor Lawrence did more in the air last year than Justin Fields has in two years. Yep. I didn't look that up. I just knew it. Like, yeah. 
And then there. you did look it up, and he was like passed it by like one, one yard and one touchdown. Yeah. yeah, obviously, obviously Trevor Lawrence doesn't offer the rushing baseline that Justin Fields does, but I mean, at some yeah. point he has to take a step forward as a passer. But so I will say, and this is tough because he's a Chicago Bear and he's a Chicago player. I do really like Justin Fields, the person. Yeah. Like everything not related to him wearing a a blue and orange jersey, like Justin Fields is actually a very, very good person. And I do appreciate that. So um, we're going into the Packers Bears preview. Now we are going to all talk about Jordan Love's development. That's going to how how we bridge our our recaps to our previews. We're going to be looking for Jordan Love to be better than he was the previous week. Mm-hmm. Is, is basically the bottom line of what we're going to be looking for. We'll talk about what that means, whether it be footwork, timing, decision-making, performance, any of those things that can all come up in the development of Jordan Love. But then looking at Simon's aspects, Simon's going to be looking at the tackling, the secondary, and the offensive and defensive lines. So Simon, from the secondary, uh, he's going to be looking for – um. Sustaining long drives with the no, that's uh, sorry, that's for his um, that's his key to the game. I almost gave that away, almost spoiled that. <laughs> so, those, those are the things that Simon's going to be looking for. Um, he's going to be looking for the Packers in the trenches on both sides of the ball. Uh, in days that Simon isn't going to be able to make shows, um, Jake is going to discuss the defensive line, Simon the offensive line, and then I will talk about secondary and tackling. Uh, my four aspects I will be watching are the rookie tight ends. So I'm going to be watching their route running, their blocking, their performance. I had the lowest projection for Musgrave, um, just the NFL rookie tight end, just not being you know a big number position usually. So we'll see if maybe Luke Musgrave can be an outlier to that, um, that history of the NFL where just rookies don't usually put up big numbers as tight ends. The next aspect that I have is passing game distribution. So I'll be watching very closely that Jordan Love is spreading the ball around, not only just to his receivers, but also to the tight ends and the running backs and not hyper-focusing on anybody. Um, Really looking for him going through the progressions of all of his players and not locking in on one where he gets into points where he's throwing in a double and triple coverage when there's, you know, a a check down open or a tight end that's going to be in the flat, whatever it may be. So Mm -hmm. just that distribution is the next thing. Um, my third aspect is coaching, time of possession, and consistency. Our coaching should be putting our players in positions to succeed on both sides of the ball. And I know this is something that's going to come up big during this season with Joe Barry. Um, and just, you know, seeing him in the in the booth instead of on the sideline, if that makes a difference. Um, he was talking about it today in his press conference about um, just having a better feel for what the guys are doing and being in the third year in the system and things like that. So seeing Joe Barry, he was actually one of my bounce back candidates last week when we did our preseason recap of uh, bounce backs for this season. And then my last one is going to be the third down offense and fourth down when necessary. Um, In 2022, the Packers were in the middle of the pack in third down percentage. Um, Basically exactly 40% was the league average and the Packers were at 39.5. Uh, if the Packers can be above that 40%, their prospects of winning go way up hmm. for succeeding on third downs and obviously on fourth downs as well. So, Bryant, what four aspects are you watching and what are you going to be looking for in the Packers and Bears game? 
So the four aspects that I'm watching are the first one I have is wide receiver development. And really in the Bears game, we're going to see this really quick with Christian Watson being out, kind of lost our home run hitter. I mean, if you had to ask me if I had to choose between Watson and Dobbs playing, I'd probably want Dobbs because I feel like Jordan's really comfortable with him. He's kind of his go-to guy in like big positions, but Christian Watson's a home runner. So as far as wide receiver development, we're really going to see quickly how fast Jaden Reed is ready to roll. You know, did Samori Toure take a step forward and just have a quiet preseason? And and he might be our kind of our deep threat this game, really, to be honest. And then same with, you know, Malik Heath, uh, Wicks. How much, how quickly can Wicks pick it up? He missed a lot of time in the preseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, do we call up any, you know, do we call up Grant DeBose? Do we call up anyone else from the practice squad? So we'll kind of be looking out for that. So wide re- receiver development, really, there's going to be some heartburn this year. Uh, we've already seen them drop passes in the preseason. Don't be surprised if it happens again against the Bears. Uh, just hopefully that they make enough plays, you know, to get over the the hump and win that game. Next will be running game. Um, we just talked about it a few minutes ago with Detroit, right? Green Bay is going to have, as long as everyone stays healthy, they will have a top. I would be surprised if it was anything outside of the top five offensive line in the league. Um, if Bakhtiari plays all year. Uh, we've already seen what Tom and Jenkins can do. Myers will need to have a better year, but and Runyon will kind of need to have a better year as well. But that should be a very, very solid running back, uh, or excuse me, offensive line core. And mm-hmm. so if if Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, I expect them to get the ball a lot this year. Um, you know, maybe Love won't check out of runs as often, or he'll check in more. And honestly, kind of like Tyler talked about too, part of the running game, how many designed runs are we running with Jordan Love I think he surprised some people in the preseason with how well he could scramble so really the running game if we can run the ball and play defense kind of like Jake talked about we're and Tyler like you said with the quarterbacks we're playing we'll be in every most of the games and have a chance to win those um next will be red zone defense can this defense hold these teams to field goals once they get in the red zone um one of my my key matchup to this game is Quay Walker and Devondre Campbell versus Justin's fields in the red zone because the red zone is more condensed. So I think he's going to have a hard time throwing against Douglas uh, jaw and all of them in the red zone. So I think he's going to be, he's going to be looking for reads and he's going to see they're not open as quickly as he wants them to be. And he's his tendency is to pull the ball down and run Is Quay Walker and Devondre Campbell ready for that. Are they going to stop him? So that's just one for this, this game in particular, that's, you know, when I'm kind of looking for red zone defense, um, Really, can can we hold them field goals? I'll be big because with being a young team and you know Jordan loves still learning and everything like that, we'll we'll want to keep that points per game low. And then special teams, the last one is special teams. Does this do we take another step forward from what we did last year? It might be tough because we have a rookie kicker now, a new punter, and a new holder. It'll be interesting to see what ha- I think a new long snapper. <laughs> so, yep. Well, yeah, long snapper as well. So. We've we've of heard news. of the struggles from Anders Carlson and in uh, in preseason, but in the games he's made his kicks. Other than some um, some extra points, I'm telling you, when I see someone, I've always been watching these like Harrison Bucker, Tucker. I'm like, man, it'd be nice to have a. I love Mason Crosby, and I think he did hit a 58 yarder somehow last year. But I'm like, it'd be great to have someone that can boom these like. At the end of half, if we're 60 yards out, we have a legitimate chance to make a 60-yard yeah, field goal. If he makes it. Exactly. So mm-hmm. we haven't had that. So we just need to bear with him. Can can he, if he hits a rudder, if he has a bad game, how quickly does he ba- bounce back? Can Rich help him get through that? And then really, 
I, I full heartedly believe Jaden Reed's going to be the punt returner. He's just way more natural. Don't get me wrong. Nixon somehow catches it all the time, but he's like catching it over his head and stuff. I just don't feel comfortable with him on punts. Yeah. It's probably a little PTSD from what we've seen before. Yeah. But what can Nixon <laughs> and Jaden Reed do at, at returner? And then same with coverage. I know Tyler Davis is a big loss. So that's what, so that's what I'll be looking at for special teams, really. Just kind of see how the younger players do and do we stick with them or do we have to make that phone call to someone like me as Crosby again or something like that. Um, once you, because this special teams are going to be even more important this year than they were last year because we are going to be in a lot of close games. If we're going to win 10, 11 games, it's going to be a lot of close games because I think we're really going to try to run the ball and control the clock with this Field defense in the front game. So we'll need to be hitting those kicking uh, those kicks. So, yeah, so my key matchup really was like uh, ties into the red zone there with Quay Walker and Devondra Campbell in the red zone. So, we'll All right, Jake, what are your aspects? <clears throat> All right. My first aspect is run defense. So something that has really killed us for the last few years is yards before contact. So I'm really going to be paying attention to that. I want the D-line to be aggressive, and I want our defense to attack. How many years have we been talking about the defense attacking instead of being attacked, right? That's the mindset you have to have as a defensive player. Like, you guys should see me getting these 10-year-olds, which we have our first game tomorrow at 2.30 if you're in the Fox Valley area. Come watch me coach some defense. Um, I get these kids fired up, man. I'm like, listen. They just took it to you over there. Now you get to take it to them, man. These kids, they just eat that stuff alive, man. So I'm hoping the Packers can, you know, take some of that mentality as well and actually attack some people. Yards after contact, right? So yards before contact, yards after contact. When we make contact with people, we have to bring them to the goddamn ground. Plain and simple. <laughs> Pretty easy yep. to understand. I the Simon's aspect of tackling, so. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to be recording some tackles for loss and some missed tackles as well in the run game. It's uh, just the run game, so. Um, those are big things that we've been really kind of missing over the last couple couple of years. I mean, the uh, two years ago in 2021, when Tabadra Campbell was first team All Pro, our defense was so crazy good at tackling, and look how much our defense improved that single season, right? So, uh, be looking looking for those general kind of aspects in the run defense. But yards before contact is really the one that w- made me want this topic. So then my next one is red zone offense also something that's been killing us. So back in 2020, we were like historically good in the red zone. We scored on like 88% of our red zone, like gold possessions, zone. which was just disgusting. You know, I love gold. You remember that year with Devontae and Aaron Rodgers? that, that year was crazy. And then we, we got worse and worse. And now we're, we have a whole new young offense with a whole bunch of rookie weapons and a quarterback going into his rookie year, quote unquote. So, this is going to be crazy. Um, I'm going to be watching for a run versus pass because that was a big discussion last year with Aaron Jones. Uh, Brian brought up that stat late in the year where he only got like two carries inside the five-yard line, and it made me want to throw up live on camera because <laughs> it's like you're paying him $20 million, $13 million, whatever his cap hit was last year, and you're just like, you're not going to make him touch the ball? Like that just doesn't sound smart. I don't care who your quarterback is. Aaron Jones can punch that baby in, right? And you have A.J. Dillon, who you still didn't want to give the ball to. And I'm also going to be looking for some formations. I want to see what kind of formations that LaFleur is cooking up. Um, we're, we, we look like we're running a lot of bunch set to the right so far in the preseason. So maybe he's got some something up his sleeve in the red zone with uh, the big, big rookie tight ends. My third one is third and, when necessary, fourth down defense. And the big thing, and Bryant, you were the main guy talking about this last year. I want to see how aggressive they are on third and shorts, third and mediums, third and long. 
I don't care if it's third and 13. I do not want my goddamn corners nine yards off. I'm sorry. I don't. Like, as bad as we've been with tackling and bringing people to the ground, having them nine yards off, letting them just, you know, run nine yards, giving them that nine yards and hoping that you tackle a guy short. Like, we've seen it too many times where our corners, our linebackers, anybody just slips off and they get a first down. That could be a backbreaker, especially for a team, like we've said, 100 times going to be in a lot of close games, right? And then give them an easy fourth down conversion. Right, right. Like more you, likely to go for it if it's fourth and one than if it's fourth and yeah, five. If, you, I mean, if you're in no man's land and you're at a fourth and two, what are you going to do? You're going to go for it, right? So, or fourth and 25 if you're the Chiefs. <laughs> um, then I'm going to be at, looking at pass rush. So I'm going to be looking at pressures and sacks and, you know, maybe collapsing the pocket a little bit, making the quarterback move, which this first week, I don't know how I'm going to be able to grade that because Justin Fields looks at his first read. Oh, that's not there. I guess I'm just going to run. So it's going to be tough for me to grade pass rush this first week because he literally just gives up after the first read. But Larry McCarron called four. him the chief scrambler. <laughs> <laughs> called him the scrambler in chief. <laughs> um, this actually, Adam said he's got one that ties into what Jake was just talking about with the pass rush. Adam yeah. said he's going to be keeping an eye on the progression of Devontae Wyatt. I was impressed with his spin moves in practice and preseason. Hopefully that shows up in games blowing up the middle. Would love that from Devontae Wyatt. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Simon's aspects that he's watching kind of tie into his matchups. So Simon comparing the secondaries said the Bears have an underrated secondary. Johnson, second-year Brisker, Jackson, and then a rookie Stevenson and a second-year Kyler Gordon against a very young Packers receiving core, including a first-year uh, first year starter in love. He said it'll be paramount to sustain long drives of the running game that should be solid with a better Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply offensive line than their front seven so simon for the secondaries comparing them um does think the bears have like he said an underrated secondary and is going to look for the packers to control the game by running the ball then for trenches this is the packers offensive and defensive line he said the packers front seven better than the bears offensive line and the packers offensive line better than the bears front seven i agree with both of those um the bears offensive line is still going to be a problem for them even with drafting darnell Wright. Um, Tevin Jenkins is on IR, and then other than that, they've signed just bargain bin offensive linemen. So the Bears still need more offensive line help. And then the Packers' offensive line has the capability to be one of the best if they all perform to their capabilities. Uh, I would say between Bakhtiari, Jenkins, and Tom, it's already a great offensive line. Uh, Runyon is, I think, Bryant, you brought it up that he's really good in the passing game, but not yeah. as good in the running game. 
He was one. He was the person I looked at bounce back a little bit. It's not that he had a bad year last year. He just right. wasn't as good. And he, I think he can be a better player. And I think now he's getting pushed a little bit. I think he's going to take another step. And then I think you said it was the other way around for Myers, who was better in the running game, yeah, at getting to the second level, and then just needed work against. Pass yeah, the snapping will be a big thing. I'm sure time might have mentioned that too, like with all the issues we've heard about snaps. So. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. So for matchups, Simon's matchup. Um, is going to be that's actually his matchup and his key to the game is keeping dj Moore in check uh not really concerned with anyone else i'm sure the bears will find a way to get him the ball early to get something going so for me the matchup that i'm watching is dj Moore versus jair alexander uh did the bears Mm -hmm. finally get a hit at wide receiver after bringing up mooney then stealing quote-unquote EQ, and then stealing, quote-unquote, Chase Claypool, who did nothing. He had 14 receptions for 140 yards in, what, 10 games with the Bears? He's he's a better TikTok personality than he is an NFL wide receiver. Um, And we know why the Steelers traded him to the Bears and not the Packers. Yep. Everybody everybody knows why. If you don't know why, it's – Pretty simple to figure out that the Bears were going to have a worse record and therefore a higher draft pick. Mm-hmm. So, Bryant, what matchup are you watching in the Bears-Packers game? So, are we doing matchup or key to the game? Matchups, and then we'll, we'll go to the we'll go matchup, X Factor, keys, and then score predictions and Simon. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. So, I kind of already said my key matchup. Really, it's just Quay yeah, Walker and Devondre Campbell in the red zone. Um, even and you can you can expand that the entire um, of the game the easiest way for the bears to beat us is our continue to convert third downs by letting just fields run for them. Uh, we struggled historically against running quarterbacks. So granted we've just fields. I mean, they, he's never beat the Packers, but um, if we can, you know, kind of contain him a little bit, he's probably going to bust a long one off once or twice in the game. Yep. Um, can we stop him enough times to get them off the field and not let them bleed the clock? So yeah, we need we need quite we had they have the speed so um that to at least you know keep up with him a little bit. Don't get me wrong, he's crazy fast, but and then we can't kind of we can't sleep on uh Keyshawn Nixon in the slot either. He can fly. So if he can help with that. Yeah. That's a good point. Jake, what matchup are you watching? So I'm not as worried about the linebackers like you are. Uh I expect them to be ready to go first week of the season. But the thing that I'm going to be looking for is Aaron Jones versus the Bears, and I'm going to follow your lead, Tyler. New look defense. So they signed these, uh, you know, inside linebackers to kind of help with the pass, uh, the the pass defense in the middle of their defense. And um, I think that Aaron Jones is going to get matched up with them a lot, uh, especially in the passing game. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna be running the ball a lot, so we're gonna be a lot of third and manageables. So I think Aaron Jones is going to be a receiver that Jordan Love is going to be looking for in those situations. So. Aaron Jones, uh, as he's been called on our show many a times, the human pinball machine. Hopefully he can bounce off some, uh, extend some drive, pick up some big third downs. I think that's going to be key. It looks even better now that that Watson's out. I wrote this yeah. before the Watson news, so uh, it looks even that's better the now. Thing is that, yeah, it could be a, a situation where um, Aaron Jones is the biggest beneficiary of Christian Watson missing the game. I will say I'm game where he ends up with like 150 all-purpose yards when you right. 150 type all-purpose <laughs> yards or something like that. Yeah. Right. Um, I'll say on the subject of the Bears linebackers that they added, TJ Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds, I think it benefits their running defense much more than it benefits their passing defense. And the Bears, they added Yannick Ngakwe, which is, you know, cool, who hasn't honestly done a whole lot 
he's kind of just bounced around the league in the last three years. Um, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't give them a pass rush by adding one guy. So I do he's still think mid. the Packers will be able to control the trenches, like Simon said, with the Packers having a better offensive line than the Bears front seven. They're honestly going to have to throw out some crazy blitz packages that get after love. You know, try to they're going to have to try to confuse them more than they're going to have to try to pressure them because they right. do not have the front seven to pressure him. Right. All righty. So some X factors for this game. Mine, mine is Khalil Herbert. So there's a lot of talk about what Justin Fields can do in the running game. But if, if the Packers can allocate fewer defenders to the running back, it's more that they can dedicate to containing Justin Fields. So if Khalil Herbert, like Jake brought up with yards before and after contact, if the Packers can kind of neutralize Khalil Herbert and make him a non-factor, I think that benefits the Packers massively because they can focus more on Justin Fields then. Bryant, who is your X-factor? So my X factor this game, and I, Jake kind of alluded to it earlier, is Matt LaFleur. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really looking for, does he have this team prepared for week one compared to previous seasons? We have struggled mightily under Matt LaFleur week one. I think we're two and two, but one of those wins was against Chicago, and we put up like 10 points or whatever it was, and we beat them 10, 10 to, three. to 7 or yeah, 10 to 3 or whatever it was. Um, so now is, is our team playing in the preseason have us more prepared also? You kind of just talked about it, or one of you said they're gonna have to blitz him like crazy. Is Chicago gonna look at the Kansas City tape and be like, okay, we just all blitz him and he's gonna struggle? I kind of hope they do. I hope I would love for that because I think he's way more mentally prepared and ready for that. But has Matt LaFleur really, you know, got them prepared? They're already facing some adversity because, like I said, you know, you could throw Christian Watson a 10 or five yard pass and he might take it to the house. So we're, we're missing that home run hitter, but there's still enough players around him that he, if he has the time, he should be able to make something happen. Jaden Reed's going to get open. Romeo Dobbs is going to get open. Luke Musgrave. I know I said Toure might be our field stretcher. Look for Luke Musgrave up to see him in this game. Like he's going to get behind some people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Aaron Jones and Aaron, AJ Dillon who both can catch the ball well out of the backfield. So I'm, my X factor is Matt LaFleur and how ready he has this team and how amped up they ha- he has his team to go into Chicago and play. I like that one. That's a good one. Jake, who is your X factor? Before I give this, I just got to give some props to Bryant, dude. You are having a fantastic show so far, dude. You are fucking – you're impressing me right now, dude. You're That was great. You're doing great so far. I just wanted to you give know what? Here you go. You get, you get to move up to the top row. <laughs> the top row, baby. <laughs> Put me on the bottom. <laughs> um, my X factor is Devontae Wyatt. Um, I think he's going against a Cody Whitehair and left tackle Braxton Jones. I don't even vaguely know who those people are if they didn't play for the Bears, <laughs> to be honest with you. The only reason I know who they are is because we play them twice a year. We have He has to become the tag team partner that we thought we drafted in the first round. Get pressure on fields. I mean, you don't really have to force him out of the pocket because he does it himself. I'm sorry I keep saying that, but it's true. If you ever watch his tape, the guy literally looks at one guy and he's like, fuck it, I guess I'll just run. Like, why are you doing any of that? Um, But get pressure on fields, stuff the run, and really, like I said, man, make that first-round value hit because we thought we got a gem last year. Let's see if it's true. Alrighty, so Simon's key to the game, I kind of mentioned it already, but his is keeping DJ Moore in check. Um, my key to the game is don't let Justin Fields build momentum. 
So Bryant kind of touched on this a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. He's going to have some big plays. He's going to get his. It's it's going to happen. Like we talk about, you know, not believing that Justin Fields is the greatest thrower of the football and that he's kind of a one read and scramble guy. But the bottom line is he's still a great athlete. Yes. Uh, there's there's no denying that that as Packers fans that he's not a great athlete because he is. He obviously rushed for 1,150 yards last year. It wasn't an accident that that happened. Yeah, like sure. a 55-yard touchdown run against us. Right. Yeah. So Justin Fields, he's, he's going to have big plays. Um, it's just keeping them isolated and not allowing them to stack up is what I am going to be looking for with that. So my key to the game is keeping Justin Fields from building momentum. So, Bryant, what is your key to the game? So my key to the game, both these teams are young, right? There's going to be some turnovers. So I put win the turnover battle and score mm-hmm. off of those turnovers. Even if we have, we, say, we can, Jordan Love throws an interception, we fumble, but they score zero points off it, but they throw an interception, we score seven points off it, we win. That So yep. my big thing is not win the game necessarily, but win that turnover battle. So not necessarily the number of turnovers, but points off of turnovers i think there's probably going to see one or two from each side um win those and score off of those so win points off turnovers i like that that's a good one all right jake what's your key to the game i feel like you were looking at the bottom third of my notebook when you were reading yours because mine says packers pass rush contains justin fields he's going to get a big run or two that is just plain and simple what's going to happen. It's like when you're playing a great scorer in the NBA, right? You let that guy go crazy, like when LeBron was in Cleveland the first time. LeBron's getting his. He's scoring 30. I guarantee that. You let everybody, you lock everybody else down because then you have a chance. Or when Kobe was all alone in L.A., Kobe's getting his. He's the best player on this court right now. You don't let anybody else go crazy. Justin Fields, still the, probably the most talented, I would say, even though D.J. Moore's a very good player. I would say overall talent athletically is probably the most athletic guy on the offense. Yeah, um, definitely for sure. You have to contain it. He's going to, he's going to get a big run or two, but good God, do not let him beat, beat us with his arm. That would be embarrassing. I won't lie. Yeah. And one way to do that would be playing 10 yards off him. Let him do those little pitching completions. For real, man. Like let him, let him, you know, get into a rhythm, you know, throwing the ball five yards just to DJ Moore and DJ Moore is a rack monster too. So that's going to be really key. Forgot to bring that up too. Get up in their faces. Yeah. So, Joe Barry, X Factor. Yeah, I mean that's a good choice. I too. was just gonna bring it up. Um, man, Greg, Greg, if you would have been here ten minutes ago, you would have heard everything you're saying. Greg said, "I'm looking <laughs> forward to DJ Moore versus Jair Alexander. That should be great. That was my matchup that I'm watching." And then you brought up sleeping on Khalil Herbert. Uh, he was my X Factor. So. <laughs> not sleeping on nothing, Greg. You're just late to the show. Yeah, maybe you're sleeping, Greg. What do you think about that? <laughs> All right, so we're going to do score predictions before we do our Simon Says, just because they kind of tie in. Um, so that's why I wanted to do them after, so we want to bring up the scores first. So mm-hmm. Simon's score prediction from the head is 28-23. Um, mine is pretty similar, a similarly close game. Um, Greg, work isn't an excuse. We're clearly more important. It's clearly more important to watch a Green Bay Packers uh, Wisconsin sports show than it is to be a Lions fan at work. Um, yeah, man. Priorities, man. Screw your bills, dude. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Greg, despite being a rival fan, has been very kind worded about our show, so I can't give him too much shit, but I will give nah. him some. No, nah, Greg's good shit, dude. Um, so Simon has the Packers winning by five in his head prediction. I have the Packers winning by four. 
I have a 24-20 score prediction from the head. Uh, Bryant, what is your score prediction from the head? So Watson being out did skew this a little bit for me, and I was going back and forth. I think it's going to be crazy close. I have the Packers winning, squeaking out 21-20 to is what I put it. Oh, wow. I didn't tweak my score predictions at all. I, left I didn't it. either. Mine were close no matter what. So I, would, I was like hella confident apparently because I was watching highlight reels of Aaron Jones. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. I was, just, I was watching him dice some people up, man, break some tackles. Hey, look at Jacob, bro. Yeah, Jacob. Uh, the Jacob Jacobs stick together, baby. I have 28-17 from the head. All right. So Simon's score prediction from the heart. You guys are going to like this. 34-17 Packers. That would be so amazing. That'd be, that would be just incredible. Um, Jacob just said Packers win by 14. My score prediction from the heart is 27-13. So Packers Ooh. by 14. Um, he said the defense shuts down Justin Fields. I think that's within the realm of possibility. I do still think with the, the weapons that the Packers have outside of Christian Watson that they are capable of scoring 27 points. I, I don't think that's a bold thing to say. I think the Packers are more than capable of scoring 27 points without Christian Watson. Mm-hmm. So, Bryant, what is your score prediction from the heart? Well, talking about 27 points, my heart one is 27 to 17. Nice, nice. We are all very close on these. All right. From the heart, I went 30 to 10. We're going to stomp these boys Ooh. out. Stomp these boys out. National media is going to be talking about Jay Love, the next great Packers quarterback. <laughs> I'm I'm here for it. So this week we don't have a Simon says. Well, we have Simon says, but we don't have Simon himself. So <laughs> I, I am going to give the thumbs up and down on Jake and Bryant, and then oh, we can just do it where where the other two give their thumbs up or thumbs down to the bold predictions of the other one. Um, but I. Do you guys want? Do you guys want to go first, or who wants to go you first? You go first. How about you go first? Yeah, you go first. I'll go first. My offensive Simon says is Jordan Love three touchdowns. All right, thumbs up, thumbs up. Very I like possible. It. All right, Bryant, rip it. So mine's close to that. I only have him scoring two touchdowns. I said I put Jordan Love will throw two touchdowns this game. Both will go to rookies. Ooh, I'm gonna. I'm going to give you a down on that one. I'm I can gonna... see Jaden Reed getting one, but I feel like if he throws another one, it's going to be to, to Dobbs or to Aaron Jones. It's Luke, Luke Musgrave from the 25-yard line up the seam. Oh, totally, if he throws totally a 25-yarder up the seam, the Musgrave, I'm going to shit my pants, dude. <laughs> <laughs> this will be the game we have to do a watch party for because Jake's just going to be <laughs> having hey, all hey, kinds hey, of stuff in his You'll, you'll get a bonus because Alex is coming over to my house for the game, bro. Nice. Just going to be... <laughs> Jake's just going to be a mess. Yeah, my daughter's <laughs> going to be screaming. She wants attention. Eat your chicken nuggets. I'm watching the game. I don't, it's going to be a mess. <laughs> All right, Jake, what's your offensive one? You guys are going to like this one. Aaron Jones has a four-touchdown game, two on the ground, two through the air. Nice. You said Aaron Jones. I was putting the thumbs up no matter what. <laughs> that's, why I, that's why when you I, asked uh, before, I, I, you're like, does it tie in? I do think he'll have a huge game, though. Who? Oh, Aaron Jones? I think so. I do think it's whole like is it possible bold to say that Aaron Jones will be the focal point of the offense on Sunday. Even with Christian Watson healthy, I don't think that that would have been outside the realm of possibility that no. Aaron Jones is the central focus of the offense. He's the most experienced player as far as the skill players go and mm-hmm. he's arguably the best 
player that we have on offense. Like, yeah, as like a preseason, they throw the ball like once for like seven yards, and they're like, all right, get out. <laughs> yep. So you know they're like just protecting them. So um, yep. Jacob's a fan of both of those. All yes, right. Sir. My defensive one, this one's a little bolder. Three interceptions. <sighs> I can see it. Hold on. I can see I, I can it, see but see it? do you think it happens? I don't think it happens, but I could see it, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say no. It depends. If we get if we open up a, a big score on them, if Justin Fields has to okay, I'll I'll caveat. If Justin Fields throws the ball more than 35 times, we'll have three interceptions. Oh. Dude, we'll have five interceptions. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brian, what's your defensive Simon says? My defense assignment says is Jair Alexander will have an interception and a sack. Ooh. I went Jair as well, bro. I went Jair <laughs> as well. So I'm I'm gonna say yes because you guys part of mine. Um Jacob said Rasul one, Jair two. So I mean he's in favor of my Jair three interceptions. So bro, All right, Jake. Jair Jair will be the most insufferable human being on the planet if he gets two interceptions against the if I, I think Darnell Savage will get our this is a bonus one. I think he'll get our first interception this season. I think so too. He's Darnell gonna play a Savage. lot of center field. Yeah. They're gonna um, they're gonna try to go deep early to DJ Moore. I guarantee that. Um Paul said two interceptions and a pick six, so he's a fan. Rasul Douglas already has a pick six against Justin Fields, so Oh, that play was so freaking lit, dude. Oh, my God. Um, he juked him out, and Fields fell on the ground. That was so – Didn't so Jaw intercept Fields in both games last year? Yep. Yeah, one of them was like right both, at the end of the game. Both of them were basically game-enders, if you think about it. The one in Green Bay was literally a game-ender, and the one in Chicago, we had, the next drive is when Watson went all the way on the end around and scored the oh, touchdown, and we basically won. Okay. Um, Jacob said Jason Fields fumbles a couple times. Yeah, every single game, which is why I called him a turnover <laughs> machine and everybody was in my DMs giving me death threats. It was crazy. Yeah. What? Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, I was. Ju- I just sent laughing faces. I didn't know that. That's insane. Yeah, whatever. I don't, I don't care about that stuff. I And I said it – I just said it, what, last Wednesday, Jake, that I don't even hate the Cubs and their players. I hate their fan base more. Yeah, 100%. It's, it's all, always – that's it's how I feel about the Bears. Terrible people. That's honestly how I feel about, about the Bears. I don't the biggest team for that, for me, is, like, the Cowboys. Yeah, I, okay, I do hate the Cowboys because, like, they're literally shoved in our face on purpose for, like, no reason Well, that's for the fans and the media, right? That's not necessarily the team. So, that's I get, their fans are insufferable. It's our year. It's our year every single year. Yeah. Well, that's the Vikings, too, yeah. <laughs> if you think about yeah. it. Yeah, okay. All righty, Jake, what's your defensive, Simon says? All right, I'm ready for Tyler's thumb down already. So, this is Jair. He's going to have one interception. Three pass breakups. He's gonna start one fight. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> Him and DJ Moore are gonna be nose to nose, dude. I can see it right now. I can't because I don't see DJ Moore being that kind of guy. Like I don't think he's. I don't know. Hey, hey, Andre Johnson's a very level-headed dude. He was throwing haymakers on Cortland Finnegan. Cortland Finnegan's a bum, though. <laughs> yeah, he, all he did was talk a little bit. Jair talks all day. All look day. at look at look Jair at Gabe Davis up, and Finnegan's just. I don't know. Finnegan is not Jair Alexander. I, I'm not saying talent wise, but the mouth it gets people, especially in the heat of competition. Brian, what do you say? You give me thumbs up. <laughs> give me it, thumbs it up. Depends on how the game's going. If they, if DJ Moore gets super frustrated, it's like does he have a little Sam Smith in him from the you know Carolina time like. You know what I mean? So, 
See, I do see, think see. that I'm it's really looking for if if Jair isn't shadowing DJ most of the game and isn't up in his face, I'm going to lose my mind because that's how we start to lose the game is by letting him just catch those and rack. You know what I mean? So I'm hoping we see a lot of John DJ more. Um, I, mean, I think I think that's the case. It's going to be like I do. I I would be kind of interested to see Rasul and DJ Moore. Like I'd be I'd be up for if it happened I wouldn't be like oh here we go like DJ Moore is gonna score on this play because Rasul is guarding him. Like I don't I don't think it's gonna be anything like that. Um, but like I mean if if Moore and Claypool are lined up on the same side, and the Packers are playing zone defense, like I'm not gonna be worried that one of them is gonna spring open because Rasul is there. Yeah, I'm not worried. I'm more so worried about don't play eight yards off and let them just throw the ball and then run. Yeah. Well, you look at those, those, my everybody, all the, not everybody. Let me back up. I was getting ahead of myself and my thought process. The bears fans were freaking out when fields had all those passing yards, but it was basically on two screen passes. So right there is evidence to not let us play eight yards off the wide receiver. We got to get up there every once in a while. Do shitty. He was one of the best play. corners at reading wide receiver screens. He that one of our favorite plays of all time is him against the Vikings. The Vikings. And then he he sniffed one out last year against the yeah. Bears, actually in Chicago, where he got the tackle. And then he he ran past Fields and just gave him a little shoulder, like "Don't throw that shit on me, punk." You know, like ah, dude, I'm excited for this game. So I do want to throw this out there, like not not that I want to harsh the vibes or anything, but I it. There's a realm of possibility where the Bears win this game. Now, what I want to say is let's say it happens. Let's say the Bears pull off a miracle and find a way to beat the Packers. Let's, I just want to say this. I hate that I even have to make this disclaimer. One, it does not end our season. Two, it does not mean that Jordan Love is not the guy. Three, it does not mean the Packers are going 0-17. Fuck's sake, I hate that I even have to make this disclaimer because this is the the nature, and it's more on social media than it is anywhere else, but recency bias is such a disgustingly ugly monster that I am making this disclaimer. Can I add one more? Go ahead. It is not your significant other's fault. I'm not even joking when I say that because I fucking hate that shit, dude. Like, I don't mean to cuss. I'm, I apologize. But, like, that stuff really gets to me. Like, stop beating up your wives and girlfriends, dude. The Packers played bad. Get over it. Jesus. Take 30. Do what I do. Take 30 minutes to decompress before you, like, start consuming stuff if it's a bad game. It's helped me a lot. Um, obviously, we're different people during the game. We're kind of freaking out. And, you know, yeah, man. It's just a switch that you, it's turned on and off. You just need to know when to shut it off. Uh, we talked about this many a times. People are going to catastrophize and be like, oh, my gosh, this the season's over. Uh, we can't mm-hmm. do it now. Uh, Jordan isn't the answer because he had one bad game. I'm telling you right now, as much as we want to hate on Chicago fans and all that stuff, they're all – Maybe falsely so, but they're all super hyped for this season because everyone's told them that they can go to the playoffs and that Justin Fields is the next Jalen Hurts. Soldier Field is going to be loud. It's going to be ruckus. It's going to be it's going to be a, a hostile environment environment for sure. And if we let them start fast or we start sluggish and they're leading, it's not going to go away. The, the fastest way to help that would be going in there and punching them in the mouth. But it is going to be a hostile, you know 
situation. So like Tyler said, it's not like we're going to, I would lean more that we're going to win this game 24 to, you know, 21 or something than 30 to 14. Right. right. So, but you know, there's also a chance that we lay an egg because it wouldn't be a surprise. So no, I'll go, ahead. go ahead first. And then I'm going to add something to that. The, the reverse is also applicable. So let's say the Packers, let's say the Packers do win 30 to 13. Mm-hmm. It does not mean the Packers are going to the Super Bowl. It does <laughs> not mean we're going 17 and 0. It does not mean that Jordan Love is a first ballot Hall of Famer. We just we just need to take things in stride, I guess is really what I'm getting at. And and again, to bring the recency bias up. It's it's incremental. It's a it's a building block, stepping stone. Either way it goes, either way you break it down. If Jordan Love has a great game, it does not project to the rest of the season. I will be the first person to say that. It does not project to the rest of the season. We know we have tough games coming up. Like this isn't a hot take, but Chicago is not one of them. Uh, it's it's actually a little bit beneficial that we get to start against an easier team because it could be a good way to start one and all, build some confidence. But mm-hmm. if the Packers do start one and all, it does not mean they're winning all seventeen games. It's it, we just really need to look at this on a game by game basis and see what they're doing well, what they can get better at, and what is a good building block for the future. Jake, what does Giannis talk about every single press conference that he has? Building good habits. Building good habits. So that's really what we want to see. We're going to take it one game at a time. We'll talk about the entire season at the end of the season. We are not going to project week 18 in week one, regardless of the outcome. Jake, go ahead. So what I wanted to add to Bryant is, did you guys see what Kyle Brandt said about this game? It was a couple days ago. I didn't. So he told the story about his his dad. Did you hear this, Tyler? Yep, I did. I did hear this. You did hear this. You you hear everything. That's why I wanted to ask. (laughs) So he told the story about his dad. And his dad was watching his dad. He's from Chicago, if you didn't know. He's a Bears fan. But I think he does a fantastic job, like, not being a homer, just calling NFL. Not being Adam Rank. Yeah, Adam Rank. Oh, yeah. Kyle Brandt is one of the best people. Like, Yeah. You and, wouldn't and, really know he's a Bears fan unless he hardly ever says it. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say it out loud either, but <laughs> here we are. <laughs> so, anyways, he's telling a story about his dad, right? And he's telling about how he's on the phone with his dad. And his dad's like, man, once we get that far out of there, then we're going to have a chance to beat those Packers. And then Aaron Rodgers comes around, right? And he's better than, than Favre. And he's going nuts. He's he was what twenty six and, and seven or whatever, including 20, the playoffs. Twenty six and four. Yeah, twenty six and four. Crazy. Yeah, I mean they we haven't lost to the Bears in five years. I literally don't remember the last. You want to know something lost. wild about that? What's that? There are more players from the Packers team yep. that lost yep. on this year's Bears team than there are on this year's Packers team. Yep, that's that that's wild. Nuts. I remember hearing that, but. He told a story and he told that story and then he said, the stadium's going to be loud, you know, and, and you made me think of this story when you were talking about that. He said, the stadium's going to be loud. It's going to be crazy. We finally got Rodgers out of there. He said, don't you dare let Jordan Love go down the field on the first drive and score a touchdown. The anxiety in that stadium will be <laughs> at record highs. I want the Packers to start with the football. I don't want a second half. 
If you're going to make a god dang statement and you're Matt LaFleur and you're Jordan Love and you want to grab this season by the nuts, you take that ball and you drive it down the field and you get seven points. You do that, you let everybody in this know it's my time now. I'm running this. You talked about it. You want you want him to show that he's the new sheriff in town? No better way. I'm here be, now. Oh, I would love to call Jordan Love the sheriff. You might be onto something there. I like that. Dude, I'm telling I, you dude, if if he goes down to do, touchdown, dude. dude. But not even that. Like if if it kind of goes on the our heart predictions, right? If we go in there and we just stomp them 30 to 13, 30 to 17, I, they're defeated, man. I don't know. I can't imagine the feeling. Like they had Matt LaFleur hasn't lost. This is why I think that it's definitely going to be, it's going to be a hard match. They're going to be fired up They're They feel mm-hmm. like they actually have a chance to win this game. Like they probably haven't felt in the last four years, but Matt LaFleur is eight and against the bears. So we'll see what happens. But um, yeah, it, it would well, be very disheartening for like, it's almost like bears fans, like in the, the huddle. I know we don't like talk about that because it's just toxic group. But they're trying to convince themselves, like, oh, yeah. no, this I, is that's 100%. Like, they talk about it so much, it's almost like they're trying to convince themselves and just hope that it's real and that they're right, so they can say, "I hope I told you so." Speaking but of existence, the fact that they're only a, like a point favorite or point and a half favorite at home, the the standard line is plus three, so basically they're yep. you know yep. for yep. home yep. field advantage, so they yep. shouldn't feel quite as confident as they they do. But it's basically um, an even match. Yeah. It so is. if they. If, if we go in there and win that game and we do it like handedly, some of those fans are going to. And you know what the thing is, is that, is that if the Packers do win this game, there's a long wait before the Bears get the chance to even get even. Yep. A lot Literally of things are going to change. Season. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of things uh, change between week one and week 18, bro. Yeah. Uh, Chris is in here completing the collection as a Vikings fan. So we've had a Lions fan, a Vikings fan in here as we're talking about the Packers and Bears. I do see the relevance still for the division. But all right. Well, that that concludes our preseason. All of our notes from the from the year, all the draft prep. It's all led to this point. Um, Chris said if both your top wide receivers are out and Green Bay still beats the Bears, it's going to say a lot about how bad the Bears are. That's, that's very going to pick on you, but that's a great comment. Right now, it looks like Watson is out and Dubs is in. Um, He's we'll playing. probably update that, but I do think that that's going to be the case come Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're here for it, and now the season is beginning. Uh, we do have exciting news that Mike Spofford is going to be with us next Friday, so we have that to look forward to. Mike always brings great insight. And I'm super excited that he's going to be with us for the first recap of the season. So very, very much looking forward to that. And Jake and Bryant and myself will be back next Friday as well. Uh, Simon is going to be off, I believe, until the 22nd. And then he's going to be off again after that. So we'll still get Simon's input in here. Uh, We still appreciate his input. and He's still a part of the show. It's just, like I said, he's going to be uh, doing some military moose riding in Alaska, but we'll still get his input oh, in here. Tactical moose riding. Yeah, he, he's he's <laughs> going first. Riding. He's going first that episode. He's on, dude. The whole show. He's going first. <laughs> we made all it, right, boys. So Jake and I will be back on over. Wednesday, and then all three of us will be back next Friday talking Packers Bears. We'll see you guys then. Thanks for watching. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.